Hey everyone, welcome back. This is going to be my final video until Monday. I need to give a trigger warning, as well as talk about the final story in this video. I feel like this story is going to confuse a lot of people, because it even confused me. To my understanding, at some point I must have done some kind of cyber stalker story or something, and I don't really remember which one because I've done so many stories, but it correlates to some kind of internet story of some crazy things that happened online. So if the story confuses you, that's why. That being said, I wanted to give a warning. The story mentions grooming, sexual harassment, it mentions suicide, it mentions a lot of messed up things, so you may want to avoid that one. All that being said though, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, to always stay hungry. This is a true occurrence that happened to me and my girlfriend while on vacation in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We started out having a normal day until the jets filled on our hot tub. I called the maintenance department who said it couldn't be repaired and that we were going to have to move to another cabin rental. At first we were satisfied with this, but in the end, I really wish we had just stayed put. Upon arrival to the new location, everything seemed normal, although I found it weird that the cabin was not near the other rentals, but off all by itself surrounded by a big forest on the backside and a large field to the other side. We went out for dinner and visited Anakista, and we arrived home around 11.30pm and decided to hit the hot tub. After enjoying the hot tub some, we decided it was time for bed, and we headed inside. I found it very strange that the entire house was covered in teddy bears. Like literally everywhere you looked there was these odd bears in every room. I admit, I'm a very heavy sleeper, and I was really exhausted from the day's events, so I passed out at around 1am. Well, around 1.30am, I was woken up to my girlfriend terrified, then saying, What the hell was that? Did you hear that loud bang? It sounds like someone's in the house and just slammed a door. I jumped up grabbing my pistol and flashlight, with my heart racing as I began checking each room in the house along with the closets, but I don't find anything. My girlfriend tells me to go back to bed, but by this point I'm not staying in this creepy ass house another minute and I decide to leave. We pack up all of our stuff and head outside to the car ready to leave. I keep shining my light all around the woods and field, but I don't see anything. I head around the back of the house and I can see a window screen that's been bent up as if someone was trying to break in. I'm still not sure what was going on inside that house, but the only place I didn't check was inside the pull-down attic, and I wasn't about to fucking go up there after what just happened. I really hoped that no one was inside the house, but we still to this day can't explain what made that very loud banging noise at 1.30 in the morning, and like I said, we never found anyone in the house. All I know is we left immediately, and headed five hours back home to avoid another minute in that creepy ass house. I can't help but think that something fucked up is going on with that creepy ass place, but I do know one thing, we will never be returning to it.
I'm a queer man in my mid-twenties at the time of this story. During the summer of 2020, the world was still dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. During this time, I had started my graduate program at my university. My program was an expedited program that took three semesters, but since it was expedited, the course's load was a lot to take on. Between COVID and grad school, I had no time left for a social life. At the time, I also had a Twitter account that wasn't tied to my name. It started out as a Stan Twitter account, but as I got older and outgrew Stan culture, I started to just use it to tweet to my friends that I had made on the app. I never shared the username or anything with any of my IRL friends. I liked to have a space where I could vent without worrying about people I know seeing it. During the BLM protest, I used it to share resources because I had a pretty sizable following. One friend actually found my account, but I ended up blocking her on that page. One day, I ended up opening my DMs, and I saw a message from an account that had no profile picture and no actual name on the account. I'll typically read the messages but not respond if I don't follow the account. Something in his message stuck out to me though. The person had sent a dick pic, and I had actually recognized the dick in the photo from some random account that had messaged me back in 2018 on my old Tumblr account. The only reason I responded was because I was really interested in how this random account found my account on a completely different social media platform. I know it was stupid to respond, but I won't lie to you. With everything going on in my life, I was going through a dry spell, and I would define myself as a sexual person as it's more or less expected in the queer community. Soon enough, I was now trading pictures with this account and we were swapping stories. I don't keep my social media notifications on, so it would only message when I remember to open the app. I will say, I never had any interest in meeting up with him or pursuing anything more than chatting on the app. At one point, I discussed a recent hookup because it was fun to talk about. Cut to spring 2021. I had just finished my internship, and I had also graduated with my master's degree. This same account and I were still messaging every now and then. The account then sent me a link to a TikTok. At the time, I didn't have TikTok. If you open a TikTok link without having an account, the link then opens, and then at the top of the page, it shows the account owner who shared the link with you. I cannot even describe how shocked and confused I was when I read my best friend's name at the top of the screen. I honestly couldn't believe it, and I had tried to rationalize how his name ended up there. When it finally clicked that there was no way his account could have popped up on my screen like that, I instantly went and blocked him on everything. I messaged Snap, Instagram, Facebook, my old Tumblr, anything I could think of. I'm not really sure what tipped him off, but shortly after, he had texted me, and somehow it still came through despite the block. He sent me an apology, but it really came off more as an, I'm sorry I got caught, kind of thing. To make it worse, I had just talked on the phone with him a few hours more, and I was also helping him to try and win concert tickets from a radio contest. The more that I sat and tried to process what all happened, I realized that there were a lot more red flags than I realized in the moment, but I chose to ignore them. 
The reason I chose to ignore them is mostly because he's extremely loud and extroverted, whereas I'm quieter and introverted. We first became friends when we worked at a summer camp together as staff in 2014. Through messaging him on Twitter, I found out he had a foot fetish, and I remember that back in 2014, after long days of constantly being up and moving, he would then force me to let him massage my feet. He would also belittle me for my opinions or actions, invade my space, and just make me semi-uncomfortable at all times. But again, I chose to ignore it. To make it even worse, I had convinced him to come and work another summer at the same summer camp during the summer of 2021. At the camp, we all lived and worked together all summer, and I was also part of the administrative group, so I knew it was going to be hard to avoid him. The week before I had to head to camp to prep everything, I ended up having a panic attack and almost quitting. The entire week before, I was extremely anxious and I couldn't eat or sleep, and I often felt nauseous. I ended up just seeing it through, and when I assigned rooms, I put him in the farthest room possible away from my own room. I only told two of the staff that I worked with about the situation because I was trying not to create a rift in the staff and make the summer even worse. By the end of the summer, most of the staff ended up not liking him because of his attitude. Throughout the entire summer, I think I maybe spoke with him five times. At the end of the camping season, we were saying our goodbyes to each other, and he sat there and cried crocodile tears about how sorry he was. I kind of just stared at him the entire time. Also, this guy's an actor. That's his job outside of camp so I can't really believe what he says. Although I know I shouldn't have even put myself in that type of situation, please, please, please always listen to your intuition about people and to my former best friend. Please never speak to me again. For some context, I'm a 13-year-old boy from Ethiopia. My school used to be not very secure, so it wasn't like it was hard to break in. I'm pretty small for my age, which will be important later. So it was a Tuesday, which meant that gym class was first thing in the morning. We were playing kickball in the gymnasium when there was a tapping outside the top window. At first, it kind of sounded similar to a cat scratching a whiteboard, but it couldn't be a cat based on the strength of the scratching. I also asked around to see if anyone else heard it, but nobody did. I was telling my friends, we'll call them Caden and Jace, and I was telling them that I wasn't making it up, and they thought I was just trying to fool them. Well, later that day in math class, I needed to go to the restroom, and that was when the sound of the principal came on the intercom. Lockdown! Stay in your room and turn off the lights. This is not a drill. I could hear everyone else following the standard lockdown procedures when there's an audible sprinting down the hall. I have Tourette's syndrome, so my tics were going crazy. That's normal though, because they're worse in stressful situations. I was hiding behind the stall door with my feet off the ground because I can fit in the gap because of my size. To try and make this be more understanding, I opened the stall door because in my mind it made sense that if it was to open, they wouldn't expect it. I was wedged between the door and the metal bar connected to the walls to help handicap people. 
I heard a person in the hall banging on doors and screaming like a maniac. That's when I heard him open the bathroom door, still screaming slurs and other insane things. But his voice sounded no older than 40 and no younger than 20. He was really scaring me, so I ticked really hard. And that's when he figured out he wasn't alone. He opened all the doors, but he couldn't get mine all the way open since I was behind the door. That's when the police finally heard him and came pouring into the bathroom. They then detained him, and after they put him in the car, they then questioned me for what felt like forever. All of my classmates, including Caden and Jace, acted different after that, like they knew something I didn't. I finally found the courage to ask them about it, and that's when I found out the truth. So, remember in gym class when I said I heard that scratching sound? Apparently, that was him using a folding ladder to get onto the roof to get into the school. This is one of the creepiest things to have ever happened to me, and to the guy who traumatized me like that. I really hope you never walk free again, but you probably will. I was 20 years old when this happened. I was spending the night at my friend Mason's house, and we were laughing and talking about random shit in our lives. Well, on that night, Mason and I saw two black figures approach the neighbor's house, and I kid you not, we both actually heard them say something since the window was open. They were both guys, by the way, and they were both saying things like, We should do this house tonight. It doesn't look like anyone lives here, as well as other things like, Yeah, this house will be our target tonight. The supplies are ready. At first, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen, especially since Mason's aunt and uncle lived in that house at the time. Well, here's where it starts to get even more terrifying. At about 2 in the morning, Mason and I were woken up to a bright orange glow from outside, and we felt it getting hot in the house. We both looked out the window, and what we saw made my heart feel like it stopped. Mason's aunt and uncle's house was now on fire. The entire house was fully engulfed, and it was a mass of fire. Maybe that's why we felt it was getting hot and we also assumed it was the same two guys from before making the house their target. Mason and I got the hell out of the house since the fire was getting really bad, and we were getting worried that it was going to spread to Mason's house. When we got outside, we felt the intense heat from the fire. We got in Mason's car, and we drove away from the burning house. We were driving down the road when we then saw police cars and a fire truck going to the house. Mason and I decided to wait at a 24-hour gas station for a while before going back. After about an hour, we went back and we saw that the fire department was still there. The fire in Mason's aunt and uncle's house was half gone already, but we still went back to Mason's to wait it out since the fire was getting under control. After about an hour, the fire was totally out now, and Mason and I were explaining everything to the police and firefighters and also how we heard the two guys outside, and everything else. The police then said that they had received something from another neighbor, saying that they heard something about two guys running just as the fire was getting started. They found the two guys the next day. They were both arrested, and they were both charged with first-degree arson. Mason's aunt and uncle's house was a total loss, 
It was completely cremated and totally gutted. They were both devastated when they saw their house getting destroyed and the fact that they had to move into a new house. Thankfully, Mason's house wasn't burned. Just a little bit of siding was melted from the heat, which was eventually repaired. I'm just really glad that Mason and I are alright, and that his aunt and uncle managed to find a new house. If you're all wondering, Mason's aunt and uncle weren't actually home at the time of the fire, so they're really lucky they didn't have to see their house go up in flames. That was quite a terrifying experience, and I can't imagine what it would have been like if it were to happen to me. My name is Chai. I'm a 33-year-old female. This is going to be a long story, so here we go. Buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be a hell of a bumpy ride. So, I came across a story that you narrated about someone who claimed that they are part of the fandom called Your Boyfriend. It's a game where the character named Peter stalks and obsesses over you in a game. I needed to clear some things up where it can make more sense. The creator of the game is named Fubu. She's a 39-year-old woman who has quite the following, which I was part of at the time. I seriously regret the choices I made being around some pretty toxic individuals in the fandom who I at the time thought were some decent people, but you can learn from your mistakes. So, being a part of the official Discord server, and the game's developer server as well, there were those who were transphobic, racist, and much more. Never have I ever been around people who spoke so freely about negative topics that I'd avoid. You know, laugh to try and get along to fit in. That's where the trouble began. They began speaking on the victim who goes by the name James. He's someone who is brave to bring the story to light, because this was going to continue to unsuspecting people who would have no idea whatsoever from FUBU's fans who would do anything to defend a child groomer. Now, this is where I needed to clear up a few things. Someone claimed to be a part of the fandom who claimed to be on the toxic side of the fandom, which is completely a lie. Now, here's where I come into the mess of this. Once I left, I needed to expose those creeps once and for all, so I reached out to some of the supporters of the victim. They needed to know that someone actually witnessed the behavior of FUBU and her team of goons. So in an interview, as well as another who was here to back up our story, we gave our side, which thankfully was enough to expose the grooming and sexual abuse that James was part of, along with his friends who to this day keeps sharing the truth of the dark side of the fandom. So, I've experienced online harassment from the White Knights of FUBU and her team. Someone who supports a rapist and a child groomer has got to be the nastiest thing I've ever seen. Once I left, I deleted my social media, which I'm glad I did, but my actions don't excuse the things I've done in my past. Never have I taken sides with a groomer who still has supporters to this day. Currently, I haven't had any more issues as of right now at least. I'm going to be moving out of my state very soon to get a brand new start on a fresh life. The darkest thing I haven't shared in this was getting death threats, saying I should kill myself, and saying that I shouldn't exist. Really, these people are in their late 20s to late 40s, and they're the immature ones. James, I don't know if you'll see this, but I'm sorry. As a victim myself who's been sexually assaulted in the past and stalked in real life, I really do understand. 
so do FUBU and her batshit crazy fans. You can all just fuck right off. Leave James and his friends alone. They've been through enough as it is. Once again, everyone, stay away from this creator as well as its community of toxic losers. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night, everyone. And remember, to always, stay.